For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome. We are raging against the machine today, the machine that is insurance and the healthcare system. So we get lots of questions about this on a regular basis. Um, We know that it is a huge obstacle and a big piece of of the care map uh, for our our kiddos. Um, So we're going to have a robust conversation regarding that. So hang in there. We'll be right back. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, This community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. Okay. Um, I, why I despise the, um, system itself, um, with health insurance. Um, I actually do enjoy this conversation. I enjoy talking about it because I know that in explaining what really what is and giving people some parameters and foundational information that it allows you to develop your mindset and your game plan for how you're going to navigate the challenges with health insurance. Now, not everyone has bad experiences with it, right? Not everyone has to even deal with denials for their child's services. It's just something that's hasn't necessarily been a thing. Um, a lot of that can be dictated by, again, your geographic location uh, it depends on what state, what country you're living in, 
Um, and then from there, it spans out down to, you know, where, where you're living, where you're living locally, you know, in your zip, in your zip code. So we've talked quite a bit on our podcast about navigating the educational systems. Um, this is sort of a similar discussion. However, there's, there's levels of disconnect because it's not like you are talking to your insurance provider every day about your child. You really mm-hmm. honestly deal with them on an as needed basis. Right. Um, and hopefully you're not really having to be, to do that, hopefully with the team that you have in place for your child, they're leading the effort for that. They can usually wage that effort through uh, faster than we are as parents um, because they're of their medical expertise and knowledge. Um, they have the clout to move things along faster, but it's it's definitely a game of trying to align that that team appropriately. So when we started out on our journey, and I'll start from this, that space and that position, so you can see how I basically even developed a, what my mindset was and how I had to shift my mindset, um, how it had to adapt uh, over time here, is we, um, well, two things. I live in Texas. And the Texas does not, is not part of the federal plan. They have their own jurisdiction for healthcare.gov for the Texas plans that are available. So there's a lot of limitations. And we, since we are self-employed as a family, right, we don't have we don't wear have we don't have insurance through an employer, so we have to go through that channel. And so then we there's it's slim pickings basically. It's not there's not a lot to choose from in terms of what's available um, for when you're when you're in that position, which is which is a shame. Um, so there's that there's that piece. Um, so that was you know, again, it varies from state to state. And if you are, if your family does have an employer, then they have, they probably have a, again, a private plan. And when you have those private plans, those employers can dictate, then they can dictate and curate exactly what is going to be provided under certain resources and what those certain out-of-pockets are going to be, the premiums are going to cover, but they're not going to cover regardless of maybe what the state mandates are. And so then you have to find yourself in a position of petitioning to your employer why you may need X, Y, and Z services so that they can authorize that through the plan. But the, most of the time they don't like to do that because then it changes their rate, right? But they do get a better rate than you we do as as individuals. So it's there's a lot of people out there that I know have had to then find a different employer for that reason, because they could then not afford the family could not afford the level of out of pocket for the resource that their kid has, or the other caveat is 
then their child just doesn't get that particular service because they have not only not the funds, but then they, the additional of not having any of the coverage for that particular service. But where we started to step in, I guess is to the benefit of this being, you know, a state agency, um, federal, you know, or sorry, government entity insurance. Still, I saw Blue Cross Blue Shield is that they then have to follow whatever the state uh, statutes are on certain services and resources for our kids. But I didn't know that right away. Um, I stepped into or fell into that or defaulted to that uh, reluctantly because we got a denial. And that denial became very eye-opening to me. I thought... And I think a lot of people think that once your child gets a diagnosis or any loved one for that matter, any individual, any person, okay, you have this diagnosis now, you have health insurance, well, then you're going to be granted exactly whatever is needed. It's kind of like almost like an automatic thing. You're sure you may have to take certain steps to ensure, you know, that the proper you know, authentication, authentication is in place, but you're not expecting that no originally. Um, so shortly after that, or while I was navigating, learning how to overturn this appeal to appeal the denial, um, I was stepping into, um, a new school for my son. And through that we had, we were having parent groups and parent meetings and this one dad who was a little bit more well-seasoned than I was at this point, because his kid was maybe like a year or two older, he said the most profound, simple thing was what you have to learn is it's their job to tell you no. And once you accept that you're going to have the no, you're going to be able to say, you can almost anticipate the no. So you're already knowing, knowing that it's going to be no. What is it that you have to do to ensure that it's going to be a Yes. So that was really hard because I was really attached and feeling very self-righteous and that, you know, that I was like, well, we should have this. Like, this is what it says. Like why, you know, that state mandated and all that stuff, which yes, that was true. And that was helpful for me in overturning that because then I actually had that included in my appeal that our pediatrician then had written. And in fact, we had to like, all of our therapies were being denied. So we had to get everything reauthorized at that time in one foul swoop. And that all that learning what the state mandates were um, came in really, really handy. Was it additional labor on my part? Absolutely. Um, but I was happy to be informed about it. Um, it gave me much more confidence in navigating, um, navigating these waters at this point was that before I was going to get up in arms about the blocks that I was going to get. Cause God, let's not even just, it's not even just the nose, right? It's the, it's the cycle of playing telephone sometimes when you're on this phone with agents and you know, you kind of can't accept what one has said. You have to hang up and call back. You know, sometimes you need to put it down, pick it up the next day and call back and get somebody else. Um, because a lot of them don't, they're not all talking to each other. They're not all talking to each other. They're not never, all really. They're, they're never, 
they're not, they're not, they're not working synergistically here. And so, and that's important to know. Yeah. You would think common sense, you would think that that's right. happening, right? Mm, it's just, it's just not. Um, but the other thing that I did, um, and it, I had to do this. So sometimes your behavioral health is subsidized. It's still under the same unit, like a blue cross and blue shield, but it's subsidized by another party managing the behavioral health piece and not all under the one same umbrella. Um, and that was the case, uh, with us and that became challenging. And so you can do is you can get a patient advocate, um, Mm -hmm. with your insurance company and that will really help you. Um, you can do it on the medical side and the behavioral health side. If you don't have, um, if, if it's not a separate entity. So what that advocate does is How that do you is get a, one of those gene. When you call, when you, it's kind of like, like calling, like, what is it? Like client services, you're just calling mm-hmm. to make a request and patient then they services. start patient services. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can call and, and request that. And that person can become your new best friend. Um, Mm -hmm. because when you do get those denials and especially if you've changed providers and that's the other thing, they can actually serve as that bridge, right? They become like your liaison. They're going to be able to then also say, here's what the insurance company exactly needs, you know, for us to push this authorization through, or if they feel like people on their end, the insurance company's end are making this more difficult, they will then kind of go to work for you to say, well, no, this is why this provider and this parent desperately want this particular service and resource for their child. And so they kind of work as a, as a buffer and, you know, you get their phone number, their direct line, their email address. And so that actually turned out to be really helpful for me on the behavior health. And anytime I was coming up with something, I could then email that person. That person used to never actually respond to me but I could call uh, and follow up with her. And she was like, Oh yeah, I pushed it through right away. I faxed it. And like thing would be turned around like that. And that Mm -hmm. was like a new lease on life. Right. Um, so the, even on the, cause even the medical side, I should say your healthcare providers, they kind of have their person too. They kind of have their people too, that can, that can do that. But when they don't, and they may be a new provider, you having that advocate um, from the representation inside of the insurance company will help you. And it, they can answer all kinds of things, right? So if like you're having trouble finding somebody in network, um, if you, um, and then what to do when it's someone, a service is not in network and how do you, and you can prove that you actually need that service right. and then get then file, uh, for reimbursement, um, and what that process is. So that's, that advocate can help you walk those waters. Now, if somebody had said that to me right out of the gate, like when my child got a diagnosis, like that's one of the first pieces of advice I I give people is that, especially when they are over overwhelmed, they're like, Oh, they say they need this, this therapy and that therapy, this, okay. Okay. Develop, 
get lined up with a patient advocate inside of your insurance company because that person is going to look at the full scope of your child's treatment plan and they can kind of help you see what it is that you're going to need and they can maybe help you vet out exactly which providers um, kind of do some of the foot soldier work because let's mm-hmm. face it, there is a lot of foot soldier work when it comes to um, this part of the care map for our kids. And depending on what season you're in, you like, again, it changes, it vacillates. We don't necessarily, you may be heavy handed with a lot of care providers and medical professionals at one point um, in your child's lifespan versus another time. Um, And it can kind of ebb and flow. So, I mean, it's different again, state to state. Um, What I also learned, and especially with kids with autism, and it used to be kind of a national thing, right? The national thing is they used to start aging kids out of services at six years old. And then they buffered it up to like nine. And then you started to see a change, like kind of like early 2000s, especially with the increase and uh, upward trend of, of diagnosed kids on the spectrum, that they started to see that some, some states were able to pass legislation and their insurance companies to provide services beyond just that six and nine-year-old point. Um, right. I started, and I didn't realize it, it was, or I guess I should say, you become in this like zone, like you're like in this vacuum, right? So things have been humming a lot. You had, I had like a team and a system and all that stuff. And then it's like starting at six years old, we did start to see resistance and authorizations for the amount of units and time they wanted to authorize care for, for Rory. And the thing is, is that being where he is and his subtype of autism should actually ensure him for long-term lifespan care, right? But it's actually has, it's forced us to actually wedge, continue to wedge those advocacy efforts. Whereas in, in some states, like I think in Illinois is one of them and, um, and in California, um, for sure, California, um, is that you don't, if you need to adjust hours, you're not necessarily going to have to fight back to get those hours back or fight back to get those services. You're not having, there's more resources dialed in at your disposal and your gauge on your pulse on the system is sort of my interpretation based on what I have to deal with here in Texas and being, being from Maryland. And I was trying to weigh out, do I move back home kind of scenario initially with Lori's diagnosis, but I was sizing up what statutes there were in place. And I was like, well, was like, pick my heart, right? Pick my heart. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, was this going to be any easier there? And in fact, they didn't have some of the insurance statutes there for Lori's autism diagnosis that they do here in Texas. So I felt like, okay, well, I have a legal leg to stand on and that gave me confidence. Um, but still, they still try to make it hard. They still ideally, like now what they're trying to do is because Rory's nine, they are trying to age him out. They're trying mm-hmm. to age him out. 
Um, and so it's creating extra effort for our care providers for those treatment plans to be really buttoned up tight and, and robust to make sure that we can still get him what he needs and what is appropriate for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say too, like, obviously, um, all of our situations are different, but, but Brittany and I are similar in the sense that our, um, spouses have, you know, uh, employer insurance. Um, but even within that, you know, we, we, we are we're, like the Vancouver Fire Department, we um, pick our insurance. So we are given the, the money from city of Vancouver. And then we go out and we pick our provider, we pick our insurance company, but where we're going to get the best deal, the best price. But within that, like you were saying, Jean, um, the people on on the board, you know, the firefighters on the board for the insurance pick a plan that is more of an umbrella for everybody. Right. So, so it's not going to necessarily be what's good for each family. It's what's going to be good for the majority of the families in the fire department. So, for instance, when <clears throat> Jack was doing uh, speech therapy, occupational therapy, um, you know, when we tried to get into ABA, we were capped out at 30 visits a year, a calendar year, you know, and, and so, and, and then there was no, there was no arguing it. We tried to argue it. We, the, even with our, um, even with our providers showing that it was necessary for him to have more, um, they still they still were denying it. And then it became a situation of, um, well, okay, we'll pay cash for the remainder of the year or after, you know, we've used our 30 visits. But then the problem with that <laughs> is that they can't a a company can't switch from all of a sudden getting insured, you know, coverage or whatever to then now going to the, into this cash flow situation. Um, so it was, then we have to keep, um, it would be a certain amount of denials that they would have to get before the company could say, okay, you guys are on a cash pay. And now because you're cash pay, we do a different, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, scale for that. Mm -hmm. On top of, on top of the copays that you're paying every single vig- visit, which for us was twenty five dollars. Um, so, on, on top of now the now you're going to be paying cash. Now that we've proven that the insurance is not going to cover the rest of these, now you can pay cash, but still having that bill owed of the copays that we would slowly be paying off. You know, not every month. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It is in. Sane. So while I will never sit and be, um, you know, I, I, I'm very grateful for having insurance. I'm very grateful for Tyler having a, a, a job where we are offered, you know, good insurance, where we have good premiums, that kind of thing. But it, it still is not a um, perfect situation. Then in turn comes the, okay, well, how do we file for in the state of Washington? <laughs> For like Medicaid or whatever, or Medicaid or Medicare, Medicaid, Medicaid, yes. Um, well, and both. It can be Medicaid and Medicare. That doesn't come easy because they have to be able to prove that you financially need it, and they can't prove that <laughs> because we do have insurance because we do t- because of the you know the money that that we make that right. it's 
you, so you're in this rock and hard spot, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we had to just get to the point where we were, okay, this is the plan. You know, we get 30 speech um, visits a year. We get 30 occupational visits a year. How can we space those through the calendar year with knowing, you know, okay, there might be a couple, you know, some of the days there's going to be, or some of the months there's going to be holidays, which we won't be able to go, you know, twice a week that week or, um, and that's, that's insane to me. That's insane well, that you have to strategize to sacrifice the jeopardize again, your child's it, care for it's on it's on both ends, right? It's on the end of the government and and the, and then and then your state specifically um, to get out of having to pay for these things that are necessary that are medically proven necessary for these children, and then on top of it, it's it is also your insurance company if you have, you know, em, you know, employee, you know insurance or whatever. It, it's also because I don't know how many times I went to bat with the Vancouver Fire Department of, look, you're not doing a plan that is, there are more children. It's not equitable. Every single, it's not equitable. And and on top of that, there's more children every year that are going to be becoming diagnosed in the fire department mm-hmm. where, where, why would we, why would you not have this be, you know, like take away our abundant massages, you know, or the however many we get. And let's, I don't know. Okay. Now I'm on a soapbox and now I'm annoyed. No, I know. I know. It can be very agitating. It can be very, this is a very, it's a very agitating and And, and here's where I, here's where I sit in it right now. Praise Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that Jack is not currently in, that he is not in any services outside of the services at school, right? That he doesn't, he doesn't need them any longer. Um, for now, you know, we, oh, we can always go back to speech therapy. We can always go back to occupational therapy. Um, but in the same turn, as I'm grateful for that, for my child, there are children that are going to need this, i.e. in the fire department. And, and, you know, like, just sorry. That's just the way it is. I know. You know, I just, that doesn't sit well with me just being like, okay, well, luckily for my kid, you know, but sorry for all of the rest of the kids. It's just like, not, it's just not right. But in addition to that, not right. like even why he doesn't need it right now, first off, you don't know what he's going to need across the lifespan, right? Exactly. The rest of his, you know, into adolescence. And I mean, it's a move, as we've talked about in other episodes, it's a move, our kids makeup is, is a moving target. It, it changes all the time. The needs are constantly changing. And the Mm -hmm. other irony here is you're talking about first responders, right? They're in a high risk job and Mm. like for your situation. And one, the fact is, is that just general population, you know, being a disability is something that could happen to anybody, one in four people. Mm-hmm. Most people are mm-hmm. at one point in our lives are going to have a disability by the time they die, right? So how, wh- why are we not factoring for that? And why are people being punished for it when it's just a fact of life? And that's the whole purpose of wanting to have, ha- you know, have health insurance. Well, the reason is, is because at the end of the day, insurance, it's all about the money and it's still an industry yeah. and yeah yeah it's, um, a, it's a America's cash cow one of them anyways. yeah it is it is and it's, <laughs> it's a business it's yeah. it's a business and it's you know 
that's why it's terrible for people who are impoverished and even the, the Medicare system, the Medicare system, it's not total. It's not federally regulated, meaning that states still get to Our, have local yeah, control mandate. and mm-hmm. they set the mandates for what their Medicare programs and eligibility is going to look like. And so that's why another thing is like, so some of the services, you know, kids could have access to under Medicare, you know, in the state of Maryland versus what they're able to have in Medicare in the state of Texas. And that's not mm-hmm. cool either. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested, to, uh, Brittany, because you guys have um, definitely, you don't have a perfect situation in California. I'm definitely not saying that, but you guys do have the cap. What is the plan that you can apply for? So IHSS. we we have employer. Yeah, we have, IHSS, we have, yes, yeah. We have um, emergency, emergency, employee insurance through my husband's work. We have private insurance. Um, So we have that. And it's, it's one of those things where you get to choose like they four or five different plans that you can choose from. And they're already set plans that they've negotiated with those insurance companies, similar to, Mm -hmm. to Tasha's situation. And you look at all the, you do all the research and you choose the one that fits your family best as best you can. And nothing is perfect, but you know, we have it and we're grateful for that. And then we, you can apply for the California version of Medicaid, which is called Medi-Cal, C-A-L, because we're special and we have to name things after ourselves here in California. And um, <laughs> and I'm saying that, you know, sassy, but I also am so grateful. And yeah, it's just, it, it is a good system. So it is not perfect. And I, I can't tell you the number of hours I've spent on my life trying to get people to help me on the phone and get things filled out correctly. And this was filed wrong. It, it's it's a mess. And it's like that everywhere. It's even here. So um, mm-hmm. we have that. And then we also have, there's other services um, through uh, Health and Human Services in the state of California. They have a program called IHSS. It's not just in California. It's in other states, but it is not in all states. Uh, and it is a, a respite care type program where you can, th- the state, if you qualify for it, and it's a rigorous process to qualify, um, and it's a yearly checkup too, you have to reapply and qualify every year for it, but they will give you hours um, for someone to, someone or a family member or a friend, uh, a hired person, there's parameters for that as well, to come and and help you care for your child. Um, and it's based on the needs of your child, your family situation, who's working in the home, who's not working in the home. It's, it's very multifaceted. And, uh, like I said, it can change from year to year as well. And, uh, that is something that we have applied for and use on a regular basis. And it has been a great, great blessing to our family to have that service. Uh, there's also, you know, there's, there's food programs where you can get money for, uh, food if you need that. There, there's all sorts of social, other social services that are under the kind of the same umbrella. Um, in, like I said, in California, it's called health and human services. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does have Uh, health and human services. It's that everyone has certain range and limitations on what those, what those states provide under health and human services. There's different programs underneath the umbrella of health and human services and every state has different ones. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yes. And I, these are things I wish I knew. Um, and so that's why we're sharing it all with all of our listeners because 
we all don't know what, how the range of resources are from state to state um, for kids. Even within my state or even my region or even my county. Correct. What's available to Mm -hmm. people is very, very different um, Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. here in the county that I live in. So you have to really do your research. If you go to your government page, whatever your state government is, if you live in the U.S., I do, I, we can't even speak on like out of the country, guys. I'm so sorry to everyone who is outside of the U.S. listening listening to this. Like, terrible. We do not have any information. I'm Maybe someday we could have an international person on, but we are not uh, experts on that in any frame of the imagination. So, but yeah, you can go to your government page, your state page, and then look for the health and human services like tab or section, and then go from there to see what's available in your area. And even maybe a county, a county page might be helpful as well. And I will tell um, our listeners too. So like in the state of Texas, we do have IHSS, but... It only covers if you are there, they're only considered, you know, funding if you're taking care of, um, you know, an elderly parent, um, if you're and a that, caretaker yeah. for that, but not for That's a child also with in California. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, so we have the additional with the disability on top of that. Right? I would hope my hope is that eventually we can change that. But when you live in a very conservative based state, which unfortunately Governor Abbott was reelected. So sad. Okay. Okay. No politics. No politics. I know. I know. But that is, uh, that's part of why um, those limitations, that kind of stuff factors into what kind of resources that what our kids and our families are going to have and why there's discrepancies and disparities um, that should be much more. Yeah. Level. Yeah. Um, Really quick. IHSS is in home social services, if you're looking mm, for okay. that acronym somewhere. I don't think we actually said that. So IHSS yeah. in-home social oh, yeah, services. Good. Okay. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Good. And and a lot of the times, like, you know, we ha- in Washington, we have the Washington Autism Alliance. So, you know, if you are unsure of even where to begin, you can connect with them and they can you know, support you with an advocate and help you to navigate everything, whether it's your school district, your um, insurance companies, whatever it might be. So that's also something I think for people to um, look for in their state. Yes. Yes. We talked about some of that um, on the episode regarding like future planning, um, talking about those third party um, resources that can help you navigate those systems so that you can dial in to exactly what, what those resources are um, to give you aid and relief um, for your family mm-hmm. and direction. Mm-hmm. Cause there's lots, there's just, so much I mean, just direction altogether. Right. You it's, know what I mean? So people don't even know that they, they have the capability of even right. looking for this or asking for this or anything. They just think, it's, you know, what they're telling me is what I get and that's it. You know, it's um, so comprehensive. It's, it's, it's so comprehensive. And so finding any kind of support that you can. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. single um, extra program that we have signed up for, whether that's through government or private insurance, or I found on my own, honestly has been through word of mouth. Um, I can do the research online, mm-hmm. but it's difficult to navigate that sometimes or even understand if you qualify or even how to apply. But it is literally mm-hmm. been making connections with teachers and other parents and those in my community, them telling me about a program, giving me a website, right. and then me 
turning to, you know, my regional center or um, another person who sends me, you know, the, the link to sign up for it. And then I am able to go from there. Uh, so that is a really, really important piece. If you are unsure if you're moving to a new area or, you, or it's a new diagnosis for you, or you've been doing this for a while, I'm still finding out about stuff that I didn't know about in my area that that may or may not have applied to me earlier, but now it does. And so it's, you know, I mm-hmm. need to look into that stuff. And it does change as your child get older and they, you know, they age or whatever, they they can uh, qualify or be disqualified from certain things. Um, I will say that it's, uh, it's an ongoing process. And it really there, there are things that I still pay for out of pocket. Um, we pay for private OT and I, I have literally spent thousands of dollars on OT this year alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with the amazing insurance I have still happens, uh, for a while we were getting, uh, medical supplies, pull-ups for Austin. And we, there is some kind of systematic computer error somewhere. And I can, I have tried for months to get it figured out. Can't do it. So I'm, we're paying for Austin's pull-ups right now. There mm-hmm. is a program, but I can't seem to get it to work. And I, I have other people mm-hmm. working on it with me too, and we still can't. Right. Yep. It, it, yep. It's it's really really tough. So just just know that even if you live in in a, a quote ideal state or an ideal area where you, you have still, a lot of things, it doesn't. It's still going to be. It's a they're slog. not perfect. Yeah. It's no, not, nothing's perfect. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's yeah. not all fluid. It's not all working synergistically the way that right. it's imagined too. And that's, that's just another, um, that's just another labor for us. Uh, in that same, in that same, right. Like about, um, that, that happens a lot. That's happened to us where we've had to pay out of pocket for things, um, because maybe, maybe there was, limited, um, people in network or there's a system error. Um, the, the labor of actually having to file for things on an annual basis and kind of go through those kind of reviews, those can be, um, you have to decide in those cases if the juice is worth the squeeze, right? Is, is the cut back, is the cut that you're going to get worth the time currency that's going to happen? And, and energy that's going to have to be spent on acquiring those things too. And that's all individual for, uh, for all of us to, to size that up. Um, that, that was a lot how our ABA situation went, you know, and it, and it, I had to just make the choice that, yes, you know, it just wasn't meant to be, it just was not meant to be, it was not worth my mental health, you know, and, and angry eight, (laughs) Anagram eight <laughs> yeah. to, to to go to to battle, you know. Um, so that's that's perfect, Jean. Like you said, you know, sometimes you just have to recognize to what is, yeah, how much know, energy what, it's whether have to whether spend you believe it. in God or the universe or whatever. Like just listen, right. just listen to what that inner you know voice is telling you. Yeah, um, and it doesn't mean you can't try again later, but maybe you need a break later. Yeah. Right? Maybe you just right. need right. to just like reset. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. for um, any program, these yearly things that I have to apply for. I have to do them for Austin and Ruby separately at different times of year. So I'm doing it twice a year, actually. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, um, it is it is a slog, but I will say just like IEPs, just like uh, right. filling out Vineland reports on your children and other, um, you know, diagnostic 
bubble sheets uh, that you'll be given throughout the years or any kind of therapy, if you do it and it's a consistent, like you're doing it every year, you will get better at it and it will become <laughs> less triggering. It can be, um, right. you know, it, at, as you gain experience and you learn how to fill things out very, you know, faster and, and what, what this right. ambiguous question actually is asking me. <laughs> right, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You become much, you could become more adapted um, or yes. more disassociated. Uh, could both, be either. both. For sure. <laughs> both. I, I, I tend to get fair on either side. Um, yeah. or, I, I do or, both. Or live in both spaces. And then I get a treat after I'm done too. Like yeah. I reward myself. Yeah. I guess you do. Like oh these are, these are the I, mental I become strategies. feral and then I reward myself. So Absolutely. I will say this. So let's even talk about like, you know, how angry you can get dealing with these people. Right. And mm-hmm. it can be really hard to be, to maintain diplomacy um, through that. Sometimes you, you can really massage your way through. If you're going to be extra nice to them and extra patient, you may get what you want without having to then go the channels of like, like you would a grievance. There is, you know, due process with health insurance companies. They, there is, they have, they really have to abide by that compliance. And when they don't, it actually works in right. your favor. So if they didn't right. follow due process properly with you for your own to exercise your own rights, you know, that really can overturn and you get not mm-hmm. only you can not only get exactly like what you wanted, but you could also get a little buffered even more um, out of courtesy for the, the inconvenience. You have a lot of leverage there when that happens. Um, one of the best things. I was taught um, out of the gate, which was from my, my friend who's a neurobehavioral nurse. She, she, she regretted, she was reluctant to even say this to me. And I know we met, we mentioned it on other podcasts too, was that being a good historian, really write down the names, the, any case numbers that are created, all that documentation, mm-hmm. document it all. It's going to make it, your life so much easier because you will find yeah. you're having to like, you're like reinventing the wheel. Every time you have to call, they need you to re-register, re-qualify, re-verify this information. You already have it there. You can help push that along and dial them in and like get things moving on. Cause it's just, just even more time spent, but it really does help, especially in the case if you do have to, um, appeal yes. something, get something turned over. When you have that documentation, that's really, really going to come in handy and it's going to help you. I know it's additional work. Um, assist, my system at the time was that I had different books, right? I had books for, uh, just, I just got like composition notebooks. I was at Rory Observations and then I had dealing with insurance matters and then I had a book for educational matters. So, so I could kind of keep handwritten, you know, uh, documentation of, of these important things. And I could go back and reference them. And so I've been having to sort through all of it compiled in one place. Um, and that really helped me in the beginning. Um, even if you just have a system that you maintain throughout the way you, you started a system and then your system kind of evolves, but that's a good place mm-hmm. to kind of start. And it'll really, really help you, um, sort out information, um, and keep track of it all. Can I and add another? When, there, when, oh, when there's you not compliant, 
Yeah. When there's not comp- then compliance happening with the insurance companies, for example, right. then you have it logged. Then you can, you know, you have day, time, who you spoke with, like, like Jean said, you have everything yeah. and, and that's will come in favor for you. Yeah. Were we going to say? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, I just, I had another little practical addition to that is uh, when you are filling out things that are um, re- reoccurring, um, a lot of times there's still, even the government, like you're not filling things out online. I'm filling out papers and mailing them back in still. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, but if you do that, then all of a sudden, you, if you after you mail off that paperwork that you filled out and took you hours, you don't have it anymore. They have it. What if mm-hmm. it gets lost? Mm-hmm. What if they are saying right. something that you didn't feel? I always make copies. I will literally, mm-hmm. I will physically, like, not physically, I will literally, like, photocopy the things I'm sending in and I keep a copy of it. I write down the date. I write down what day I mailed it off in case there's any issues with, like, oh, you didn't turn this in on time. Well, actually, I did. I have, I have it written down. This is the day I turned it in. And um, if I ever need to refer to it again, I have a copy of what I sent in. After I filled it out, I will photocopy it. So, and that goes into my books too. I've got files and books and things <laughs> dating back to the very, very beginning. I have Austin's original diagnoses in paper form from, you know, 20, 2000, whatever it was, um, 2008. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's very important. And, and when you do speak to someone on the phone, absolutely ask their name and write it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. It yes, makes a big sir. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in the, that coincides with that historian piece, right? Because now, you know, we're our kids, you know, personal executive ass- assistants, okay, <laughs> um, is the uh, ever-beloved EOBs, <laughs> um, which are explanation of benefits that come in. These are critical pieces of information at track now you don't necessarily have to necessarily wait for the paper trail of it. You could go online and log in to like your portal and look at all those EOBs, especially when you do have a therapy that is reoccurring, you know, on a weekly or daily basis. Um, Those, those are really crucial uh, because of the billing systems within the companies, like, cause that's a whole nother piece, right? Like, your, your, those providers and those, they, there's administrative process that also can hinder and put hiccups in inefficiencies with the health insurance. Um, sometimes, so here's, here's a tactic that I was doing in the very beginning. I was religious about my EOBs right before COVID happened. I was making sure that what was being billed was to a T. If it wasn't, I needed them to go back and revise the bill, make it accurate, and then we would make sure that it's paid. Um, but then the system started to get really backed up, meaning the companies weren't sending out billing on a regular basis, right? So then we would get this ginormous bill. Then I didn't have the EOBs to match them. Um, And this was happening over the course of COVID. And it started, I had to start evaluating how I was spending my time. I couldn't religiously mitigate the EOBs and the billing. I had to look at kind of bulk numbers. I had to say, okay, what is my, what are my co-pays? What is my expected out of pocket? As long as I'm staying within this range, 
that I'm not going to sit here and pick a battle over the billing right now. Now, (laughs) what has happened, because my in-laws have been so kind, um, because they know that one, we pay our own healthcare premiums, which is basically like a mortgage, um, being self-employed, that the out-of-pocket costs for Rory with one of his particular therapies, they cover that. And because of that, and my mother-in-law is very type A and OCD, she is very prudent and she is not, she makes them like she has come to Jesus's with them. I'm not paying this bill. It's not right. You, when you, and, and the thing is what they would do is they would start putting out a bill to us. This is the new company that we have. They're putting a bill out for us that really hasn't been vetted out completely where the insurance has applied all of their payments towards the service. And so what you end up doing in some cases is overpaying. And that happens a lot with like hospital stuff, right? I I know, especially people are like so meticulous about making sure their finances are in order of like always wanting to pay bills right on time. But I got to tell you, paying (laughs) hospital bills right on time, mm, I don't sit in that house. Cause I'll tell you it, sometimes it takes six months to a year for all of those things to actually settle for you to actually get the final number of what it is actually owed. And, mm-hmm. and because then what you end up doing is you're, you're overpaying and then you're waiting for them to cut you a check back mm-hmm. for the overpayment. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. But- and, and uh, like, luckily for us in those situations, um, and you know, it probably is a, a slightly different gene again with private insurance versus, um, you know, private employer insurance versus paying your, you know, you being your own entity going out and, and getting your your plan and whatnot. Um, but we have always had the graciousness of companies that have said until the insurance has, you know, given the final whatever, you know, we've sent it back. They then they say just just do not worry about paying the bill right now. That is hard for somebody like me. <laughs> You want to you want to check it off. I yeah. want things to be, you know, but it has very much worked in in our favor to have that, you know, that um, you know, that them grace. to be right. And, that I, and grace, I appreciate yes, that because I, I used to have that more, too. When more I was times in than not, yeah, more times than not, a business, you know, a, whatever the provider, the therapist, whatever you know, situation it is the ho- the hospital, whoever, um, you know, they know they know that the way that insurance companies work, and um, there's going to be probably multiple adjustments or they're going to deny and then you have to, you know, resend it through and then they'll pay for it or whatever it might be. Um, so something yeah. like that is a great thing to, to keep in mind, Jean, is that yes. Yeah. yeah. Pay your bill, but maybe not pay it right away. Right. Right. It's okay to <laughs> make, like make sure pause. everything's crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cross, pause. Yes. Pause. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and I, I took up some really big bills. I mean, there were when Boy, first started speech therapy, that company was gouging us. They were billing our insurance company almost $400 a session, leftover payment of like for 30 minutes, $285. And then next thing you know, I have a $4,000. But what in the heck? We're not even getting it. You, I should be getting like the best speech therapy in the world for that price. Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. And I was so desperate at that time because there weren't a lot of providers within our network and they were the ones that were immediately accessible and available. And so it's like, you just immediately gravitate to them and not realizing that 
you're going to, you do have to shop around prices sometimes, even looking at your, at these providers. So it's not just the, okay, who's available and who's in network, but what is now going to be my estimated out-of-pocket costs? Um, what are they billing, you know, the insurance company and what am I going to be left at? What am I going to have to pay at, as, as a leftover once everything settles? And it's like, yeah. You even sometimes even if it's just you know pay, having to pay the copay right you know that can add up very quickly. You're going to therapy two three times a week, Absolutely. you know at twenty five dollars a pop, and and so you know if you are sitting in that that boat, I would say you know ask the company and and they might have even just tell you right off the bat, like, Hey, we will do a payment plan for you. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you don't have to pay your copay right away. Every, every single time we'll do a running tab. And as you're paying it, you know, we will mark it down and yeah. down and down, which is what we had to do uh, the whole yeah. time Jack was in therapies, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. We had to do uh, that because it was the, a year ago. <laughs> you didn't have to pay anything mm-hmm. out of pocket besides the copay. And just the copay was overwhelming. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Um, because of so many therapies, so many times a week, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, girls, I'm I'm gonna. Yes. I'm I'm always the timekeeper over here, so I'm gonna keep, say TikTok. <laughs> She's we the gotta, the gatekeeper. I, That's yeah. good. I, I know. What is that? Is, is that like the line vortex. from the Ghostbusters? It's like a, I am it's the like gatekeeper. Look at what is that? That's, uh, I don't think that's is from, that what he says. Is that not from Ghostbusters? Does Bill Murray say yeah, that? Rick Mur- yeah, yeah. Rick Moranis. I am says the gatekeeper. That? Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Now I want to go back and watch Ghostbusters. Brittany, you're supposed to be the one reeling us in. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. So reel it in, lady. But I know. So the insurance insurance piece is, again, it's a vortex. There are a lot of moving parts. Um, There's a lot of things to consider. Everybody's situations are different. Um, I do think... My big lesson, again, is evaluating how much time and effort is going to be on your part, how necessary something actually is for your child. Um, and and don't be scared to ask for help. Like, again, get mm-hmm. that patient advocate set up through your health insurance company. Find a third-party state representative or company or organization that will help you navigate Um other, you know, other eligibilities and things that you can do to leverage in your arena. And again, find out if you do, if there's a way for, if you, if you have a private employer, um, and there, you know, have private insurance, you know, how do you get on the committee to influence, uh, have influence Mm -hmm. and say over what plans are going to be picked and why, um, as we even have that in the school district. I mean, there is a whole committee that gets together to evaluate the insurance plan every single year before it is brought to the board for us to approve. Um, like these are real, real things, real plausible things. Um, it just depends on what your, what is really necessary for your family, what is going to serve you, you all best. Um, and just know that you're going to, their job is to tell you no. Even if they are going to immediately tell you yes, it's kind of like if you automatically psych your ass off out that you're going to be told no, you're going to be really delighted with the yes. You're just going to be like so much joy. That's my little That's my little piece. Keep those expectations low, everyone. Yeah. yeah. You know. And then you'll be pleasantly surprised. 
Like, yeah. So, like, go low, but then even put them even lower. They just got just a little bit under that. And that's where you should that's be. Yeah. Peak. Peak of the week. Now let's let's go the opposite way. Let's let's peak it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if I have any peaks of. I don't have any peaks with health insurance to share, but other things in life. Brittany, yeah. why don't you go first? Oh, goodness. Okay, on the spot, on the spot. Um, speaking of movies, speaking of Sigourney Weaver, um, <laughs> nothing nothing made me more happy when I watched Finding Dory for the first time and Sigourney Weaver's voice washed over my TV. Oh, that was my gosh. The best the part best. of the movie. It's so funny. Anyway, but beside that, um, I've had a sicky uh, high schooler home. Tyler has been home uh, for a few days this week. And uh, poor kid, he never gets sick. So this was kind of a, a novelty for both of us. And we have watched a movie together. I mean, I'm like doing things in the background, but I'm participating in the movie viewing experience with him. And I have so much fun watching movies with him. Tyler really enjoys movies a lot. And he likes a lot of the same things I do because he has excellent taste. And um, obviously. obviously, and we've just had so much fun. We're watching stupid things too. Like we've watched... Uh, the Fast and Furious spinoff Hobbs and Shaw the other day. Have you guys seen that with The Rock and no. Jason Statham? It's a gem. <gasps> it's an absolute Jason love Statham. I'm sorry. Yes. You had and me the Jason Statham. That's all you had to say. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> a, they're a buddy cop together. It's give me best. give it me is, my transporter and I am happy. <laughs> it's so incredibly ridiculous. I can't even explain to you how I mean, forgive me, Rock and Jason Statham, how ridiculous this movie is, but it brought me so much joy and we laughed our heads off. It was the best. So watch that if you need a little little pick me up. That's how I feel about uh, Sea King. Is it not Sea King? What is the uh, the water? Well, the one with um, Jason Aquaman? Momoa, his Aquaman. Oh, no, Aquaman, yeah. Yeah. Sea King. I mean, it is like. Sea King. <laughs> you want to know what? Because in the league, no, in the Lego version of Marvel. They call he calls himself the Sea King. Anyway, it's wonderful. Yes. It's funny. They're I very, know. I know. It's hashtag Rory and Jack. Jack. Lego. Um, <laughs> Lego Kings. Yes. Okay. Mine is um, uh, Jack's awesome team. So his uh, Gen Ed teacher and um, and then his uh, Camp Rocks, his Sped teacher. They asked me to come in um, and share monthly on. Um, like education around autism and for the social emotional part of their learning that they do. And I got to go in this week and it was so good. It was so good. It was so good that he asked if I would come back and um, share with the fourth grade class that um, the majority of his, his uh, sped kids are in. I cannot wait to hear about this. You're going to do an amazing job. Yep. Super awesome. That's so awesome. Anyways. More of that, please. Across the world, everybody should be taking that, duplicating that yes. exact thing. Take, it's just take notes, teachers listening. Yeah, absolutely. Edu- <laughs> educators everywhere. Educators, leaders, yes, all of them. Um, <laughs> so my peak is is that um, this week was stressful. Uh, the kid's dad was traveling for work, and so I really was on my own. And then my daughter got the flu, and we don't live near family. And so I got my neighbor for two of the days, um, in the morning to come sit with my daughter 
why I ran my son to school and also did errands. And I'll, and the reason why that's a peak is just one, again, doing, doing it on your own and then not being scared to ask for help and people do want to help, um, you know, kind of expanding your community and, and leaning into people when you really need them. Um, and she's, she's, a she did retire now and she does, she does our full-time work at the church, um, that her and her husband run, but, um, she was an ex like, uh, early childhood teacher. And so she's just like, so wonderful with both Rory and McKenna, um, and just absolutely adores them. And they love Miss Sandy. They just, they just love her. So that was a huge, uh, it was just very touching and yeah, a, a relief. Know you that community. Right. It was just, it was a relief because I know so much this is so much just in general and motherhood. We're all like, there's like people talk about this village or well, where's the village, you know, yeah. it is harder to build that village these days. It's, it's real sparse out there, guys. It's real sparse. So that is why that's a slim. Peak. Slim pickings. Slim pickings. That's right. That's right. So I'm uh, grateful beyond measure. So, um, Mm -hmm. well, we hope that you enjoyed our tirade about this wonderful. We we hope that you don't have to rage. Yeah. We hope that you don't have to rage against the machine. But if you do, take notes. Yes. We're all here with you. We'll probably have to have additional conversations. And I would, to add to what Brittany was saying, we do have families that live across the world and some that we still dialogue and are connected with that live in, you know, other parts and other countries, it probably would be really helpful to have an at large conversation about the different medical systems. Um, again, what it's like in different countries, because I know parents are hungry for that because a lot of people like we've had guests on our podcast, Brittany, where people did end up moving, you know, family moved back to the States because their child needed certain services because certain things became limited in in where they were. So, um, you know, it's a very real thing, um, to, 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 to try to configure and strategize and, and having the information available is something we want Mm -hmm. to make available to, to everyone, not just those in the U S. So thank you for listening. We love you you, so much. We love you. Until next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.